Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, joined by Adam Gorney and Mike Farrell. And guys, obviously a lot has happened in the last 24 hours. Big Ten and Pac-12 both, both postponed their fall sports. Uh, but it leaves us with a lot of questions, a lot of work to, a lot of work, a lot to work through. Uh, like, will other conferences follow suit? Will there be a massive transfer influx? You know, what's will there be two college football seasons in 2021? What does it mean for the draft? What does it mean for recruiting and early enrollees? So a whole lot to work through there. Um, and so, Mike, I'll let you start and, and kind of break down all of that. Yeah, I have all the answers to that. So. <laughs> You're going to hear my dog in the background, too, because he's a brat and this is COVID. So, um, well, first of all, you know, the thing that upsets me is the second week of August, the Big Ten and in Pac-12 give up. Um, you know, we're still, based on a delayed season, we're still six weeks out. Uh, they could have shown a little patience. And, you know, they put in all these safety protocol and, and safety measurements for kids to get back to campus and practice. I just, I don't understand why they just gave up. You know, a lot of people say, that, oh, this is because of the union talk. It's not. You don't throw away millions and millions of dollars, you know, to shut down a union or an attempted player, you know, coordination. Um, I've been saying it's liability. I think they're worried somebody's going to get this and they're going to, you know, have serious health ramifications and possibly have a death and, and then they'll sue and, and that'll be, I mean, just worse than uh, the money they would make. So, you know, there's so many questions here. There's 80 plus questions that I have in my head as to what we're going to do here. My hope is the Big 12, SEC, and ACC decide to play. And that the Big 10 and Pac-12 just have to sit and watch the fall and, and, and just reflect on, upon what they did and what a rash early decision it was. And then we're going to talk conference realignment. We're going to talk angry institutions that want out of those particular conferences. And we could end up with a big three eventually instead of a power five. So a lot could come out of this. Um, but the bottom line is the players want to play. The coaches want to play. The parents are backing the players and coaches to play. Uh, the, the powers that be at these universities do not want to take a liability, period. I think one of the biggest takeaways from this, Mike, and you can speak to this after I say it, is we're not going to learn lessons unless we go through it. So by canceling the season in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, the NBA is playing, Major League Baseball is playing, hockey is playing. Things, you know, were a little choppy early on with Major League Baseball. They've learned from it. They've moved forward from it. If you don't get these kids in games and if you don't learn how to travel with them and if you don't go through these experiences and have a little chop along the way you're never going to learn from your mistakes and how to move forward with this there's no guaranteeing that there's going to be any medicine by the spring for this so what are you going to do cancel the spring season there's no guarantee by the next fall there's going to be a vaccine that's widely available and widely taken and adopted what are you going to do cancel next fall because of this so you know, I think that canceling the fall season was, you know, very early. It was an abrupt move by two conferences that probably freaked out a little bit. 
But I also think that we know the numbers in those states now. We know where the hot spots are. We know how to deal with hot spot situations. If there's a group of people to send out there to see exactly how to deal with this and move forward in life, it's young, incredibly fit and athletic people that can move around and exercise outside. I think it's the perfect group. And they're not guinea pigs. I mean, the, some people saying that it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I hope that the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC move forward and play. They have medical professionals advising them, too. Um, there was one national reporter this week that seemed to question them and wanted them on the record to explain themselves. They don't have to explain themselves to someone from USA Today. And so I think moving forward is the is the appropriate move learning lessons from this of course there's almost no argument that can be made that people are that players are safer in their homes around their in their communities than all isolated together in one and so you know i think moving forward and learning the lessons that would come from this is far more important as we move forward in this because if not we're just not going to move forward until there's a vaccine and everyone is completely safe and there will be recruiting ramifications for this. Um, you know, to me, Seattle LA decommitted from Ohio State yesterday, and that that wasn't yeah. because of the announcement. I heard that was, you know, a month or so in in the works, and he was just trying to find the right time. And maybe the right time was when everybody's focused on Big Ten canceling football. Yeah. Um, but the timing on that. But there will be. You know, I've talked to some recruits, and I've asked them what this means. You know, the recruits that are looking at Big Ten schools. You know, and let's put the Pac-12 aside a little bit here. There's there's clearly not the same passion in the Pac-12 for football as there is in the Big Ten. The Big Ten has uh, towns and cities that are, I mean, that's the professional football team for them. Lincoln, Nebraska, Iowa, uh, you know, Michigan, even though they have sport, pro sports teams, Ann Arbor is, you know, dependent upon football. So yeah. uh, the Pac-12 is not... It's just not as passionate, and recruiting is already regressing in the Pac-12. But the Big Ten, you know, Ohio State and others were hanging in there, and I think this is going to hurt them for sure. And roster management is going to be a nightmare. Right now, I talked to a recruiting uh, assistant at one of the Big Ten schools this morning, and he told me they have no idea how many spots they have in this class. Yeah. Because they just don't know. If they don't play in the spring, will the 2020s get the extra year? Uh, they have no idea how to manage an 85-player scholarship roster right now. And, it, and it's also a situation where the, will the 2020s get an extra year? Will the 2021s that enroll early be counted? It, would that be their freshman season? Because if so, enrolling early might not be at all what these, what these kids want to do. Because usually when you enroll early, you get an entirely free spring you get to be in the playbook. You get to adjust the college life. Now these kids are going to graduate high school in December, be on a college campus in January, and be possibly playing in January. I mean, so are you going to that, – that almost seems like a penalty to say, okay, if, you're, if you enroll early and you're on the team, this year counts toward you. Honestly, I, I, I just feel the spring season – is not going to happen. They're kicking the can down the road through the fall to get to the spring to hope that there's a medical miracle here uh, that can be implemented so they can play. But I would imagine sometime in the late winter or, or 
into the new year, they're going to cancel the spring season and move to fall. There's no, there's no doctor in the world that could possibly say it's safer to play football in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, central Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, in January, February, and March than it is in September and October. There's just, I mean, that's the peak of flu season, let alone the peak of whatever is coming next in, in coronavirus. I think we have the numbers and an idea of what's going on now. The fall makes sense to play and to learn the lessons that you'd have to go through to continue this. If not, it seems like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have completely relied on, a, on, on, on hope of a vaccine that can come and that then all the players would take it, it would work, and then they can get back on the field. It just seems like a major stretch to me right now. And yeah, recruiting, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I've read some things and heard some things that some schools are coming and saying, come play where they support football, you know. Um, so if that's right or wrong, it, that's the world of recruiting and that's, that's the world we're going to live in. Um, it'll be interesting to see if more people from Ohio State or Michigan, there are a lot of kids in both of those recruiting classes from the Southeast. Are they and the West? Um, are they going to be, you know, interested in in not waiting um, to go to a Big Ten school if they can go play somewhere pretty quickly here? It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And like you said, Mike, no one knows recruiting numbers. No one knows scholarship numbers. I don't know if they can have a pause on the limit of scholarships, but roster management is going to be an absolute disaster, uh, especially at a place like Ohio State. You're telling me Justin Fields is going to play in the spring? There's no way. Sean Wade, it's, not, it's, not, it's almost not possible timeline-wise if the, if the NFL Combine and the NFL Draft stay in the same time frame, which it almost has to if, there, if there's going to be a fall NFL. Yeah, I, I think what will happen is, you know, if the other three play, then the Big Ten and Pac-12 will have to play in the spring. I mean, they, they will just be forced to. Um, you know, so I think it's not going to be – easy you know you're going to miss a lot of your stars as you mentioned um there will still be players opting out but the recruiting ramifications you know i, I talked to assistant coach this morning he, he has no idea what to tell these kids yeah you, you know like you could sell the positivity of a spring football and you could try to sell you know we care about player safety and all that stuff um and kids don't care um and to a large extent, the parents don't care. I mean, they care. Yeah, they want their kids to be safe. But they're not going to send a kid to an institution that, you know, says on the one hand, we're going to protect you. On the other hand, we're not going to play because we're afraid to. And the fact that they're allowed to practice and congregate and do all this other stuff. Barry Alvarez came out yesterday and said what they're allowed to do in the fall. You know, they're allowed to do everything but collide on the football field on Saturdays and I think that's honestly the I just don't see that as being the biggest issue here is live football games I think well you know if you, if you can keep them safe during practice you figure other things out and um, the, the Big Ten is going to take a massive recruiting hit here and you know we always talk about dogs you know kids kids are dogs we love football of a dog the dogs are going to go to the dog conferences. And right now the dog conferences are the big 12, the SEC and ACC. Yeah. And the big 10 and the PAC 12 appear soft 
to these recruits and it's going to hurt them badly. Well, yeah, and this is a thing, too, where it's like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled the fall football season. But that doesn't mean all those players just go home and off on their merry way for the next six months. They're still on campus. They're still going to be training. They're still going to be working out. They're still they're going to have to take online classes or be in person classes, depending on which university they're at. They're still going to be around each other. And from the beginning of this, I've said, you know, I've, I've strongly felt ju it's just common sense that if I'm a player at any of those schools, let's take Michigan, Michigan State, whatever you want to take. Am I safer at, in my home where my father is going to work every day in and out, let's say at a factory, coming in and out of work, coming in and out of the house, my mother is going out to work or to grocery shop or to do whatever. My brother and sister is, are in the house. My grandmother possibly lives in the house. Two uncles come over all the time, four cousins in and out. Where am I training? How do I get the proper nutrition? All of the things that are just daily life that are risks that we're taking in the coronavirus. Um, I think some people like to think that everyone is just sitting home and not leaving their house and waiting until Dr. Fauci comes out with the miracle cure. And that's just not the real world and everyone knows it or am i better off on a college campus surrounded by doctors surrounded by great nutrition surrounded by coaches that want to absolutely and a university that absolutely has every vested interest in making sure that i'm healthy making sure that if there's any signs of illness that i'm completely taken care of because they have liability on the line i mean it just and where i could be working out and training in world-class facilities so I just think that being on the campus and exercising and moving around is the best thing. And we've all seen these, these teams that are practicing and working out. They have face shields on. They have masks underneath. They're making it work. And I haven't heard of any spikes of the people that have been working out because young people who are incredibly athletic and healthy, it does not seem to be bothering them as much. Now, the heart issue is something to consider and look at. I'd like to study it more to see if if that is a, it's a common thing in viruses, is this something that is generally the same number across all populations and now it's just being looked at more? Let's see, I think the Big Ten took that into consideration when they canceled. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, you have to, if we're not going to move forward here, then we're gonna, then we're gonna shut everything down. And if we're gonna shut everything down, recruits are gonna look at other schools that have decided to play medical professionals in the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 are not quacks. They have different opinions on what is good for the player and what is good for the university, and they've decided to play. So I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, um, but there are certainly different opinions on this. Hey, hey Dave, am I that long-winded? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have I a lot am, to right? say. I'm very lonely. Holy crap, you're lonely. That was forever. <laughs> that was eight I minutes. Mean, I was sitting there waiting for you to like pause or break or breathe or, um, not, and, the, and then I heard pacing. that you're, you're, then I heard you're going to, you're going to study the heart issue yourself. I am I'm, I'm <laughs> taking a course. I would like to study the heart issue a little further. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's Dr. wrong Green. with you? <laughs> I don't know anything about COVID. I don't know anything about who's right, who's wrong. I'm willing to admit. I have no idea of the long-term health issues that could occur. I, I don't know anything. All I know is that the players want to play. They're willing to take the risk. 
Well, uh, but, but Mike, but it, Mike, are go, they, go they, they say they, they say they want to play, but they, then, you know, when there was the whole waiver thing, they, they pushed back on it. Well, yeah, that, and I would too. I'm not, I'm an employee. Right. I don't so work they, for you. Well, exactly. But I mean, and that's where I think lawyers come into play in this more so than doctors is like, there's the liability there and the schools aren't willing to willing to risk the liability. Uh, so they're asking them to sign the waivers and the kids don't want to sign the waivers, which I understand, but it's just, it's very messy. It's yeah. messy. It's messy because they're not paid. You know, again, they're not compensated. Yes, they get a stipend and yes, they get scholarships and, and, and training facilities. And yes, I agree that they're taken care of very well. Um, they don't feel that way and they don't feel that they should sign a waiver, you know, because they're not employees. Um, if my company came to me and said, you're you're in a high risk situation, which, of course, I'm not because I'm just here with my dog and cat. But if I was, you know, and I'm a compensated employee and they say, you got to sign this waiver, you can't work here anymore, I would sign the waiver. But I think I think that's the issue. And that's a good one that Dave brings up. You know, Dave doesn't interject much, but when he does, it's it's a really it's really gold. (laughs) Um, These kids. I don't don't want to get into politics, but Dave is like just so you see typical California liberal, just like you, Gorney. Me, I'm just trying to offer it. You guys both seem to be on the same page here, and I'm trying, you know, trying to be play devil's advocate. No, what, what it's a and it's a good point because what the university sees is yes, gung ho, let's play. I want to play, I, I want to play, and blah blah blah. But if I get sick, you know, you're responsible for that, or then the parents come in with the, with the family lawyer, and my son wanted to play, but you didn't take care of him, and so all of those questions come up. I, absolutely, the lawyers are involved here. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I mean, no, it's, it's all actuarials and, and it's all risk assessment. This is nothing to do with safety. It's all about liability. It's all about optics and all that other stuff. And, and people who know me don't eat. They know I don't even know what a liberal is. I don't know anything. Like somebody asked me what I thought of uh, Joe Biden's choice as vice president. And I'm like, who? When did oh. that happen? Mike, Mike, you need to get more engaged in the world. No. No, I hate the world. No. The world sucks. Politics sucks. I mentioned politics like once on my timeline. Oh, boy. And the most vile, horrible, idiotic people on earth who don't follow me, who don't follow sports, just started flying in here with this anger. And, and it's 10 times, 100 times worse than sports. If I say, oh, yeah. you know, J- Jim Harbaugh is overrated, I'll get killed. But... If I mention, I'm not. Even, I'm going to spell it like I do with my dog, uh, T R U M P. Um, you know, because there are people stupid enough out there that can't spell that. Uh, I'm dead. It's over. Yeah. So I can't. You know. Yeah. So you know, it, this is yeah. It's turned into a political issue. I don't think the football community though is divided politically on this. The football community wants to play football. I get the waiver thing. It's a good point, Dave. But really, you shouldn't interject anymore if you're going to contradict any of my points. And, you know, I get it. But the kids are all saying they want to play. We want to play a hashtag. And they work so hard for this. I mean, they train constantly. This is their, their life. A lot of these kids don't have anything but football in their life. And, you know, the, the mental health repercussions are going to be rough here. And, you know, it's just... We can't stop living our lives 
because of this. Like I, I got a buddy who doesn't leave the house. He just hasn't left the house since March, pretty much. You know, that's quarantine. Sounds like me. <laughs> but with, yeah, not because it, of the virus. <laughs> yeah, talking to yourself for eight minutes at a time. And, uh, you know, I, listen, am I doing Instacart instead of going to the grocery store? Sure. Uh, you know, because I'm, I don't know, extremely wealthy, I guess. I'm not, but I, I just don't want to go to the grocery <laughs> store. You know, uh, but am I not leaving the house? Am I afraid to 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 live? Uh, no, you gotta get out there and you gotta try to do your best to not get it. Now, it's easy for me to say who doesn't have it, and you know, my one of my favorite actresses in the world, Alyssa Milano, got it, and um, she has long term repercussions from it and is now losing her hair. I still think she's gorgeous, but. Um, then I went on her timeline and it's all political crap. And I, I yeah. said, forget it. But, but she was really good in that vampire movie. If you remember the one I'm talking about, anyhow, um, there are long-term repercussions for people. And this is not a fun thing to get. I'm not saying, ah, don't worry about it, you know, but we have a choice here, you know, well, we, could, well, here's- we could try, we could try, we can shut it down if it doesn't work, but give up in August. Why? But here's the false choice, Mike is, it seems like the choices are you either play football and you're at serious risk of getting it or you don't play football and you definitely won't get it. And that's completely not true. I mean, by by not playing football, that you still have the same or possibly greater chance of getting this, of contracting this than if you did play football on a campus. Because you're yeah, that's, still, that's the thing. And, and unless yeah. you completely isolate in your closet and hide yourself away right. until there's a medical miracle here, then right. you have the exact, probably a greater chance of contracting this than if you were on a Yeah, campus. the question has to be asked, do you have a greater chance of spreading the virus or do you have a greater chance of not spreading the virus or is it equal? You know, I don't think it's a greater chance of spreading the virus playing football. Right. We, we talked to everybody in the Big Ten and Pac-12 yesterday, recruits, about how they felt about this. And I thought Ohio State's linebacker commit, Reed Carrico, who might be the next Luke Kuechly, Kuechly, he's just awesome. He said he, he's down on the Big Ten. He, okay? He's down on the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, yeah. He, he thinks that if – Ba- the, the basically that the college football players would be living in a bubble anyway, just like the NBA players, because the coaches and the universities will not let them do things. If they are seen in a bar or a restaurant, which aren't going to be operating anyway, unless it's outdoor service in a lot of these college towns, it will be the end of those kids and they'll be quarantined automatically. But if they're but if they're from, you know, anywhere in Cleveland and then they go out, the, coach, the Ohio State coach won't even know that this has happened. So by getting them on campus and getting them in their little bubble of life, whether it's tutoring or taking an online class or weightlifting or training or practicing, they're, they're far more safe and, and in control. And the coaches are in control of where these players go and who these players see. I, I, I just it's almost like. There, there are two brainwashing things going on here. One is if you get a case of this, you're at serious risk of dying, which is statistically completely untrue. 
And the second one is if, if you play football, you're at far greater risk than if you don't play football. And I also think that's untrue. Says the guy who listens to everything Fauci says. I don't let. Li- well, I, I take it in. I listen to everything mm-hmm. Fauci says. I listen more to Dr. Burks because she graduated from Penn State Medical School. Um, I mean, obviously, a brilliant woman. You, you know, they change their mind about stuff every three weeks as they learn. But that's, <clears throat> that's good. It's good to change your mind and learn from this and go through it. Imagine if Fauci and Burks always came out and said, we can't learn anything about this. We should stop doing everything. Just like just like the Big Ten and Pac-12 did. You have to go through it and you have to learn from your mistakes and move forward. That's so, what else are you going to do? What should Nebraska do? You know, Frost came out very adamant, backing from the president and the chancellors and all that. Yeah. We want to play football. We want to pursue an opportunity to play football if the Big Ten does not. Big Ten commissioner comes back and says, no, you can't yeah. do that. What do they do? Um, does the Big Ten need Nebraska more than Nebraska needs the Big Ten? This is a very interesting situation. There's more money to be made in the Big Ten than there is in the Big 12, but the SEC would jump at Nebraska. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting thing, and it, I think it all depends on the sense that you get from the Big Ten about how they're going to move forward here. Like, is this something until that there's a, a medical response vaccine that cure that we're not playing football until then? Or is this no, something it's, that it, and it's we're not that they're not they're not telling them that I've talked to a head coach, a prominent head coach in the Big Ten, uh, you know, just briefly uh, through DM the other day. And, you know, the problem they have is that they're not being told anything. Yeah. You know, it's the spring, but they're not being told if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, they're just told, can't do it in the fall, do it in the spring. And, do it in the spring. Yeah. you know, how does that affect your, your, your roster? How does that expect, affect recruiting? How does that affect your ability to practice uh, and prepare for a season? Um, you know, the spring has limitations in practice time and the number of practices. Will that be the case here you know it doesn't sound like it will be it sounds like they'll be able to practice you know monday through friday the way they always did and then just sort of sit around on saturday and sunday and then start practice again Uh, so the only thing missing are the games but um there is no plan that's the biggest problem is like the big 10 is just canceling without a plan Uh, you know i'm big on problem identifiers versus problem solvers right yes you've you've said that a lot you know and and they are a problem identifier oh this is a problem it's not gonna work right but we don't have a solution so let's just kick it down the road and it's it sounds like you know i mean every corporate conference call known to man right you you get on there for an hour and then they let's have another call about this it's like yeah let's figure this out but you know, I'm and this is not talking. a new situation. I mean, it's no. not like this just popped up last yeah. week and they have to figure out if the season's going to be played or not. Uh, you know, I'm I'm tired of talking about the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Yeah. The Big 12 came out with their schedule. Now, again, so did the Big Ten. So did the Pac-12. It doesn't mean anything. Do I right. think that the other three are going to play? They, I think they're more emboldened to play now that the other two conferences have said no. Because right. now it's on them to be the tough guys. Um, 
I still think this season would be a complete disaster. You know, the first time you have a game, then you get test results and everybody's going to want to shut it down. Or, you know, your depth chart looks all of a sudden weird when you're, you're starting five tackles all have it and you don't know what to do. You, you know, only start two tackles, tackles, Mike. No, I, well, yeah, starting five tackles, I meant like your depth chart. <laughs> Shut up. But I mean, that, but that's, that's, I think that's the mentality we need to get out of too, is the reflex action of, oh, there's a few cases, shut it down. Instead of isolate, move on, test others, move forward. You know, I mean, that, I, I think we're still in like the early stages of this. And I think that's kind of, like we're, we saw it in Major League Baseball, and I think that's probably the best comparison to football because those, peop- those guys are traveling. The NBA is a little different. Maybe hockey is, is a better example but because there's a, a physical contact. But NBA is different because they're in a bubble. You're, you can't put college football in a bubble. So let's take Major League Baseball. The, the first week or two that they had it, there were cases – Teams shut down. The Miami Marlins didn't play for a week or two. The Phillies had a little bit of an issue. They've moved forward from that. Two smooth weeks. Now some Cleveland Indians pitchers, I think, went out in Chicago. They isolated them. They're testing them. They're testing the team. They're moving forward from that. If when what happened to the Miami Marlins happened and the reaction from MLB was shut the entire sport down, Nothing is learned from that other than we're going to shut down every time there's a case. You have to move forward with it. So I'm hoping that these other three conferences play, and you're, it's inevitable you're going to have cases. It's inevitable when kids come back to college campuses, you're going to have spikes in cases. The media is going to make a tremendously huge deal about it. They're going to question why whatever school where there are spikes, it didn't shut down. But the most responsible thing that they can do is keep things open isolate the people that are quarantined, test everybody else that have been around them, and then move forward. Other, th- other than that, you're just going to keep opening and shutting, opening and shutting, and you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, the problem is they're amateur athletes, and, 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 you know, again, the optics of it don't look good, whereas these are professional paid athletes. Um, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. It's annoying. Let's talk recruiting. Yeah. We promised, we promised our listeners. Well, we did, and so Miami is is on a roll, but they took a little bit of a blow losing uh, uh, Jason Marshall to Florida. That was unexpected. You know, he was supposed to go to Miami. He was originally supposed to go to Florida, then then Miami, and then the last second he decided to go to Florida. And, and Florida got Corey Collier, so they've got a great one-two punch in safety and cornerback. But, you know, you can't overlook what Miami's done, you know, with with uh, James Williams and and – Leonard Taylor and guys like that. They've, they've been really strong uh, recruiting wise. I, I think, you know, the cancellation is going to change a little thing, you know, here and there. I think Michigan's going to get hit. I think Ohio State's going to get hit um, to, to an extent. I think some of the Midwest kids are going to gravitate towards the Southeast schools and those schools are going to start to load up. Uh, but Alabama has also been kicking butt. You know, they took the pain kid out of Michigan. Yeah. Um, L- LSU has been in the Midwest taking a few kids as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and more more Midwest kids are going to be targeted by the Southern schools. Uh, but that, you know, this is the, the catch 22. Do you want to leave where you are? Right during covid and again these kids don't get on campus until 
you know, next June, uh, unless you're an early enrollee. But do you want to leave home to go to, uh, you know, a Southeast school or a Big 12 school and, you know, risk being away from your family? Or do you want to play in a conference that may not really care about football? Um, so, you know, I think there's schools that are doing very well, but decommitment season is going to start a little early now um, because of this shutdown. Uh, it's usually September, you know, when kids get into August camp and, and they start playing football, they, they usually say, I'm going to back off recruiting focus on my season and then start it up again in December. I think you're going to see a rash of decommitments occur, um, especially if all five shut down, because then kids who have chosen schools that they know they're never going to visit are going to be like, hmm, I don't know if I want to go that far. I'm wondering if, if the opposite is going to happen, that kids are saying, you know what? I'm happy that I have a spot. I, I can't visit anywhere anyway. I really, you know, a virtual visit is one thing, but it's really not like, getting the feel for another campus. I wonder if the if decommitments are not going to be coming and kids are just going to say, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to stay locked in because I don't want to take the risk of decommitting and then people don't have spots or I can't get on campus or now it looked like the SEC was going to play, but now they're not going to play. All that uncertainty might lead to kids tightening up instead of instead of loosening up and, and looking for other options. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Go. Well, I will tell you the first time in 20 plus years, kids have committed to schools. Uh, a large amount of kids have committed to schools that they've never visited before. Yeah. So that's a little scary. Um, you know, the Evan Priors of the world from North Carolina committed Ohio state, never been there. Mario Williams from Florida has never been to Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, and, and they might not have the opportunity to take those visits. So, you know, what do they do? Like you said, will they stick with what they've got and, you know, play it safe? Uh, or will they decommit? Most of these kids have visited other schools. You know, it's not like the only school they visited is the one they chose. They have right. a feel for these campuses. They haven't visited recently. And they haven't had face-to-face -face time with the coaches, which is usually the pressure that gets them to decommit. But yeah. they've seen other places. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of kids committed because, A, they were quarantined and bored. Uh, and they wanted to lock in a spot. And I think a reassessment's going to occur, uh, especially if the recruiting calendar is pushed back, which it has to be now. Uh, I don't think you can have a December signing period. Um I think you have to push that back. And I think you probably have to push back uh, the second signing period to May. And it's going to give kids, a, a, hopefully, an opportunity to take official visits in the spring. And, and everything's going to go wacky from there. Um, but it, I could see both ways. But kids never play it safe. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Hey, Ever. let's go down the Rivals 100 of uncommitted kids and, and make predictions on those. All right, guys. go ahead. Just That's always fun. It's always fun. I don't have my computer in front of me. You have to do what that. What the hell? I'm on my phone. My daughter's downstairs, and I have, oh I'm, I'm upstairs. God, I'm so tired of you being a father. It is really annoying me. <laughs> it is cutting into our, our lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, what value do you bring as a parent in this world? Honestly. Well, house. I'm just saying, like, is your daughter going to cure cancer? No. Here's she's going to be a walking addict like your, your wife. 
Yeah. Well, and she's off she now do. because she has something wrong with her foot, so she can't. Good. That'll teach her because she hurt my foot being in those <laughs> stupid challenges when I was trying to keep up with those insane people, and I had to go to the doctor and get a cortisone shot in my um, my sesamoids. Oh my hurts. god. Corey Foreman, uh, let me pick first. Okay. Uh, oh, jeez, everything's changed now. Everything has changed. It's all uh, changed. Uh, I'm going to say been, Corey Foreman's going to Georgia now. So I'm, I've been told that he is very unhappy that the Pac-12 is not playing, very concerned about it, but is also being told that others can shut down as well, so not to take it that big of, of a problem. I do think he wants to play in the SEC, though. I think he wants big-time environment. I think he wants big-time football. I think Georgia is the leader. And right. he hasn't visited yet. He's going to visit probably within the next month. Got to be quicker with your answers, bro. Sorry, sorry. That's just one I know very well. That was a little bit long-winded. Sorry. Uh, Amarius Mims, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. All right. JT Tuamulala. Did I do that right? I... <laughs> I don't think so. Well, what's your pronunciation? Go ahead. Tuimalau. I like mine when it's more emphatic. Tuimalau. I added an extra lau. Yeah, like the lau lau part. Yeah, but I like that. I think he should change his name. He's he's going to Ohio State, I still think. I think he is too, but he's had very limited visits. He was one of those guys that didn't want to take a lot of visits early, wanted to wait until official visits, and now this has bitten him. I think, mm. I think it's either Washington or Ohio State. I'm still going to pick Ohio State. All right. Mason Smith, LSU. Definitely. The track record is every LSU, every top kid since Landon Collins in Louisiana has gone to LSU. He's gone to LSU. Not every. I mean, Devonta Smith went to Alabama. No, every number one player in the state. Oh, okay. I see you did your little research for our article last week, so now you think you're all smart. Now I got it. Now I got it. Yep. Yeah. Kamar Wheaton, Oklahoma. Probably, yeah. I would would imagine, if not Texas. But I would go to Oklahoma. Yeah, I would say Oklahoma. You'd go if you were Kamar Wheaton? No, I'm going with Oklahoma. Is that what you said? I put that on the Texas board? Because they love you so much there because you said Vince Young sucked. No, I didn't say Vince Young sucked. I said he wouldn't be the greatest player of all time at quarterback if he was playing today, just like he wasn't the greatest player of all time when he was playing. Well, he's pretty damn good. He should have won the Heisman. Red How about this? Trash. How about this stat that I looked up the other day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the stat. Ready? Get it out. Justin Fields Yeah. will be the number two pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. He's only thrown 340 passes in college. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence will be the number one pick in the NFL draft. He's thrown over 800, so double. Right. There's, like, there's like no college film on Justin Fields. I don't know what your point is. My point is that they're taking a major risk because there's no college film on Justin Fields. What does this have to do with Vince Young? Oh, nothing. nothing. I'm, I'm just, so confused. Wow. Well, Dave, was that a weird segue? <laughs> I wasn't listening, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> yeah, anyone else was either. Nobody, nobody right. was. Let's keep going All down right. the list. Bryce Foster, Oklahoma. Yes, Oklahoma. Especially with Pac-12 shutting down. He was looking at Oregon, but 
I think A and M might have a dark horse shot. Mm, they're in there. They're third right now, though. I think. Mecca Agbuka, Ohio State. Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma, watch out though. They're in there. He's, he's Garrett Wilson 2.0, but better. So Missy Adelele. A and M. Florida. Nah, he's not. That's my guess. I know he's not an IMG anymore. He's playing back in Texas. A and M was the first offer um I, I i just i just i just know that florida is very 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 involved here and he's been planning to decommit from ohio state according to a source of mine for weeks and florida was kind of the school he was looking at but anyways we'll we'll find out that's why okay. that one's going to go a long way um let's see down 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 a lot of kids committed uh monkel goodwine is alabama yes alabama tristan lee to me, is LSU. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, but I do think he's going to go to LSU, too. Nolan Rucci's Penn State. I would hope so. Oh, but God. With, but Wisconsin is, is also... If you're from Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which is outside Philly, for if you don't know. <laughs> God, and Wisconsin is coming after you? That's tough to turn down, isn't it? His dad played at Penn State. I know, but... That's tough to turn out. I, I still think he ends up at Penn State. He's going to Penn State. Taiwan Malone. I say Ohio State. Me too. Big leader. Yeah. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry to Quincy McKinstry, Alabama. Alabama Crimson Tide, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Dante Thornton Jr., Oregon. Yeah, interesting one, cross country. I think he goes to Oregon. Kingsley, Suomata, la, 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 la. One, uh, almost one million percent Oregon. Yeah, and it's Suomataya, right? No, Suomataya. Oh, good. Suomataya. I'm so bad with names. Yeah. Ugh, it's embarrassing. Donovan Edwards, Michigan. Yes, Michigan. Thomas Fedoni. Nebraska. I'm going to say Nebraska as well, but I will tell you, Thomas is rethinking things about the Big Ten right now. Yeah, but, I would not have Yeah. And Nebraska and Iowa were his favorites, but, you know, LSU is coming strong and there's others in there. So I think he's more confused than ever. I um, think Fedoni is awesome. I think he's maybe a five star tight end. Yeah, if he's a little bigger. What's his, oh, pants? What's his pants size? See, I got made fun of on the rankings call, but if we're not going to start discussing those things, then we're just taking a guess on who's a good high school football player. Pants size really doesn't matter, though. Well, waist size does. They'll never gain weight. How do you know his uh, growth plates are closed? You have x-rays? I need x-rays. I'm going to ask for x-rays. If you're going to throw up pant sizes, I want x-rays of growth plates. Well, just to put it on the record for people that don't know what we're talking about, I'm not the one that said the pant size thing. It came from a very prestigious coaching staff that seems to think that was slightly important. <laughs> Who know they aren't getting that particular person. Also very true. <laughs> and also decided to slam him, which had never <laughs> happens ever. Good gosh. They no, until they don't get them, then they hate them. Sage Robinson, LSU. LSU, definitely, yeah. Drew Kendall. See, this is an interesting one. Yes, it is. 
I think he's going to end up at Boston College. But I do Michigan too. really wants him. Well, here's the thing, I, and I've talked to him. I knew his dad, you know, way back in the day because you know I covered Boston College since I was like ten, yeah. and. Pete Kendall is not pushing his kid in any direction, but he was a first uh, rounder at BC, nasty. And, you know, BC is a very good option for him. Stanford is an option as well. But the Pac-12 shut it down, and who knows? The Kendalls are not they're, – they're not soft. <laughs> um, yeah. Michigan shut it down too, and he was trying to get into the business school there, and they were still sort of stringing him along whether he was going to or not, whereas BC was full – you're, you're in. So I think he's going to go slow. He wants to get it over with because he hates it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going I'm to go Dark Horse BC there. Um, yeah. uh, 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 LJ Johnson running back from Texas. I, I think I got AM. Uh, yeah, I would think AM too. He will not go where, where Kamar Wheaton goes. So whoever decides first there will play a big factor in where the other one goes, I would guess. Uh, Dion Colsey, former Notre Dame commitment. <clears throat> Another interesting one, but I would say my guess right now would be Tennessee. I'm going to say Auburn. Uh, also, a good pick. I, you know, Georgia, I don't think Georgia wants him, but Georgia could go on him. Like, they're, they're not recruiting him as hard as these other schools, and everybody expected him. He's playing in, in Athens. You know? Right, right. Uh, but but a lot of people expected him to decommit from Notre Dame and go to Georgia right away. But I think Georgia said, oh, wait a second. So I'm going to say Auburn right now. Okay. Um, running out of guys, luckily. <laughs> uh, Savion, Savion Bird, everybody expects SMU. Yeah, SMU. SMU is with a big-time class. Yeah. Derek Davis. Penn State. Penn State, yeah. Penn State. Gateway kid, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Terry Smith. Yeah. Terry Smith. Small. <laughs> Small-minded. Small-minded. <laughs> Smith. How do you say that? I think it's Smile. Ah. Uh, Where's Georgia. Going? Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Yeah. I have to learn how to pronounce his name properly. I just like calling kids what I want to. Yeah, right. Uh, it really, it, and it really endears me to them. They love that. Um, Rayshon Benny from Michigan. Uh, I don't know. Michigan. Offensive tackle. He's going to go there, yeah. I mean, they lost Spindler. Uh, they lost the other kid to um, LSU. They're not going to lose this kid in state. Um, Ryan Thomas, wide receiver from Louisiana. LSU. LSU Alabama battle. LSU. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sierra Wright, you're the expert. Very unsure right now. My guess would be Stanford. All right. I'll go with you because you know him better. Kevin <laughs> Gilliam Jr. from Virginia. I got Oklahoma. Yeah, I would guess Oklahoma. His teammates just committed there and he loves Oklahoma. Virginia being completely decimated. Oh, my God. It's not even funny. Yeah. You know, like Virginia Tech and Virginia just have no chance on any of these top kids. And it's sad. It's sad yeah. because when I got into this business, 
it was Welsh and Beamer, and they did a good job in state, Beamer especially. Yeah. Uh, you know, then Al Gro took over, did a really good job in state, and Beamer, of course, still dominated the state. And now we got two guys that don't even know how to recruit their own state. Yeah, so, I mean, Virginia Tech's not doing horribly, but Virginia has, like, we did that series. They haven't had a top five, a top 10 kid in the state in the last five recruiting classes. Yeah. And I think they're okay with that because Mike London had a ton of them and, and they suck. And they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and they, are, they did pretty good this past season. So yeah, they don't need to recruit the state. Um, Marcus Burris from Texarkana, Texas, Oklahoma. Yep. See, I'm bailing you out on some of these kids. Who, who did you bail me out on? Marcus Burris? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there was, an, there was another one I bailed you out on, too. Derek Davis? Rashawn Benny, maybe. I don't know. Derek yeah, Davis. I was thinking maybe Michigan State for him as a sleeper. How about Aaron Armitage? I think, I think USC or Stanford, but it'll be interesting to see if Ohio State gets involved now. Yeah, I think USC as well. Um, George Rooks. From St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. Shout out to Coach Hanson. Oh man, no idea. He's going to Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, Are we still in the hundred? Oh, I can't swear. Oh, we're into one thirty-one. Forget okay. it. I think we're done. <laughs> Let's wrap this. Bad boy. <laughs> I would have gone into the the low two stars. <laughs> I'm, just an I'm, idiot. Picking, I'm picking uh, uh, Old Dominion <laughs> yeah. over uh, James gonna, Madison. Going to beat yeah. Hampton. So before we go, of course, we have to talk about 90 Day Fiance because people expect that from us. Um, right, yes. So I think the prettiest girl in the season by far is Cheese Stick's girlfriend. I like her. Whose girlfriend? Cheese Stick? Oh, I'm talking the other way. Oh, no, I don't watch the other way. I don't watch the other way. Well, you're missing Cheese Stick. (laughs) All he does is cry. And this girl is gorgeous. He's Brazilian, and he's a doofus from Texas, and he cheated on her. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's when you know it's a man's world. Right, yeah. He's in Brazil trying to convince her and her parents that he's a good guy, and they they all hate him. (laughs) <laughs> and his nickname is Cheese Stick, and he's Cheese Stick. He's dumb as a bag of hair, and he kind of looks like a cheese stick. All yeah. right, back to Colty. Colty's mom is inappropriately uh, in love with Colt. Yeah, there's something there where that if that closeness goes away, then she's gonna have her life ripped apart and she's he's she's sabotaging his happiness and that's the worst kind of person i think he might be adopted i, I don't think that's come out yet but she's in love with him yeah it's it's and, a, it's a strange it's, relationship it's creepy and, and and i saw him in a bathing suit and i don't want to see that Oof, that was rough is angela gonna tote the baby no i don't think angela's gonna tote the baby and i i noticed that Michael must have a lot of money because he has that Louis Vuitton um, uh, steering wheel cover. Did you see Michael? that? Last week? Yeah. No, Michael. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and so it looks like this week, Angela, for the 45th time, has called <laughs> off, call the it off the wedding. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Michael needs a green card. He's not putting up for this for that. I think it's for the show, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you so. Don't put up with this for a green card. I would rather, you know, live in a swamp than put up with her. 
Um, yes. Yeah, she's. Who am I missing? Who else has been exciting? Oh, the the Russians. Oh, Andre. Andre's going <laughs> to fight the brother, the brother who accuses him of bad stuff, who has a criminal record of his, of his own. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. The, at all. the whole family has a criminal record. So. My favorite, my favorite line from this show was when uh, they they were fighting in the restaurant, and then Chuck, the father who just sat there, was like, "In America." Alcohol is never involved in fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Chuck's, right. Chuck's got his finger on the pulse of the United <laughs> States. Who else is in this show? I watch it. I, I keep forgetting people. Um, okay, the Russians, Michael yep. and Angela, Colty. Yep. yep. Um, hold on. It's such, a, it's such a thrilling show, I don't even remember who's in it. Isn't that bad? Come on. How are we missing like people? Oh, uh, hold on. Oh, um, oh, Oswelo. Oh, and mom who wants a thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. I heard they're getting divorced. That's a little on my Facebook group scoop that they're so you're, getting divorced. You're too involved. You're too involved in this. Oh, I'm in every Facebook group on this. Everyone. And then the South African guy who can't stop drinking and went to visit his brother. Oh, that guy, Sinjin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a drunk. Oh, my God. And she's a pain in the butt. Yeah. So my state has produced Tanya and the Silva twins. Yeah, that's that's not a good track record. Are you going to watch Darcy and, and, and her sister on Sunday? I, I refuse to, and now I know I'm going to. No, I don't think I'm going to because I know she's just in it for popularity and not for love. And so. <laughs> and you, you want love. I'm looking for love here. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. I, I will not watch that show. I refuse. All right. And did your daughter have a birthday or something? No, my wife's birthday was. Oh, okay. Sometime. I saw yeah. something on Facebook. I just scrolled past it as fast as humanly possible, but I saw it. My daughter's birthday is four one four one seven. Your 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 wife puts up like everything's positive and happy and all this stuff, and her husband sits on the couch. 18 hours a day scrolling through Twitter and I'm like how is she happy? She's she's not happy, right? She's well taken care of. Let's just say leave it there at that, Mike. How's your pregnant wife, Dave? Uh, she's still pregnant. Yeah, yeah how's, that, have, how's that working? When's that when she do? Good uh September 30th. This your first? Uh no, this is our second. Oh, oh got a kid. Second. That's right. No, he has a yeah. kid that plays baseball. That's right. How old's your kid? He's 11 and a half, so, it's, so there's going to be a large age gap. So this was a mistake? <sighs> I, I like to... Oh, is that inappropriate? Big sigh from Gorney. No, I like, an, I like to use the word surprise. That's, <laughs> that's inappropriate to ask. This kid's going to dig up this podcast in 15 years, and he'll, he'll be in the freaking psychologist office. because I mean, come on. Do the math, kid. One's 12 year <laughs> newborn. Figure it out. I was five years removed from my brother in the last one, and that was a mistake. But a lucky mistake for the world of rivals and Twitter, right? I'm counting my luck. Right. <laughs> As we all are. We could wrap this up now, but I'm glad we talked about uh, 90 Day uh, Fiance, and I need a new show to watch. Um, so I got to find something. I'm not watching Big Brother. I'm not watching it. I can't keep up with it. 
No, it's good. I can't. It's three days a week. I don't have that time. I'm busy working and writing stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Get some sort of, you're doing some sort of weird, like, uh, 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 you're doing this uh, repercussions of to me say Adelele with Friedman. Like, no, that was supposed to be a domino effect, which we do yeah. all the time, and Why that's what I titled him? it. And now he, it he wasn't. Has no that. idea. He doesn't know what he's talking about with Adelele. He's from Texas, and he plays at IMG. Not no, anymore, he, but he gave me info on uh, on Taiwan Malone, and then Armitage looking at them again, and so I kindly uh, put I in see. the story, and now the tweet goes out like uh, it was a dual effort here. Yeah. Well, next time, you know, listen. <clears throat> You come to the Godfather, okay? Okay, sounds good. And uh, I, we just put up the sting factor for Adelaide. Okay, good. And I still have a making the case for Gunnar Stockton that you sent me two weeks ago that I haven't done. Yet. Yeah, come on, let's go. <laughs> and my part takes what literally ten seconds. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go. You can find us on Twitter at Rivals Mike, at Adam Gorney, and at Real Dave Barry. We will see everybody again next week.